And this morning, I'm going to read one verse of chapter 22, verse 17. And the Lord willing, we're going to emphasize every phrase right here in this text and deliver the thought that is burning in my heart since earlier in the week. And uh, the Lord is good. The Lord is great. God is gracious. I don't know about you this morning, but I am amazed that the sovereign God of heaven would even look my way. I'm amazed that the sovereign God of heaven would even have time for me. I'm amazed that he would even, he would even let me exist on his earth. But, but what really puts me in humble mode and shout mode at the same time is that he would want me. That he would want me. And not only want me, but invite me. Wants me so bad that he invited me. Oh my. Aren't you glad he loves you enough to want you? And aren't you glad he loves you enough to invite you? Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, read it slowly. And the Spirit. You have the right kind of Bible. That Spirit is capitalized in that verse. And it's referring to the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit. Holy Spirit. And the Spirit. Number two, and the Bride. Who is the bride? Well, if you know your New Testament, that's the church. That called out ecclesia, that blood-washed, Holy Spirit-regenerated believers that make up you and I. This is God's local and visible church, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Well, that was weak. This is God's local and visible church, and I'm glad to be a part of it. But every born-again believer across the planet is part of God's universal church, God's spiritual church, His body, His building, His bride. How do you get in that body and building and bride? Receive Him as your Savior. So the Spirit, and then those that are saved, the bride, say, say this word out loud with me, comma, come. And the Spirit and the bride say what? Come. And let him that heareth say. Say it with me. Come. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Do you believe what I'm saying today? Have you experienced what I'm saying today? Well, say it real loud. Come. Mm. And the bride. And the Spirit say, come. And he that heareth say, well, glory. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. Boy, listen to this. And let him that is athirst. You say, what is that? Those that are empty and searching for something in your life. Let him come. And let him that is a thirst, say it with me, come. And whosoever 
will. Mm. Will you? Now think about that. A lot of times we glory in them whosoever will passages, and I do too. But remember what it says, will. Will you? That was a time in your life when you wouldn't have. That was a time of your life when you didn't. But you remember when you got willing. Does anybody remember when you got willing? Can I give you some good news today? You ain't got to die without God and go to hell. You don't want to. You ain't got to. And if you got one ounce of interest in God, he's got 10 million tons of interest in you. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him, said with me, take the water of life, what? Freely. Can we read that verse again? And the Spirit and the bride say what? And let him that heareth say, and let him that is a thirst And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. 1,976 times in the Bible, God uses the little word, come. You know, the Bible is one gigantic letter of invitation on the part of a sovereign God inviting a depraved sinner to come. He uses this word 11 times in the book of the Revelation and three times in this one verse. I believe God has made it plain throughout the Bible that he is the inviting God. That he is not only interested in us, but he wants us and he is in Inviting us. By the way of introduction this morning, think of the principle of first mention. When you read something for the very first time in the Bible, it's huge, it's big. And you know what the very first invitation in the Bible is? Genesis chapter 7 and verse number 1. Chapter 6, God had looked down and pronounced judgment on the Andalusian world. God's going to wipe the face of the earth clean by the medium of a flood. But there's a man by the name of Noah that finds grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God said, I want you to pair an ark to the saving of your house. And the only way to escape this coming flood is to get inside the ark and I'll shut the door and I will seal it. It took Noah 120 days to build that ark, and uh, day 121, now things are ready. And God issued, initiated the very first invitation in the Bible. And God said unto Noah, Come thou into the ark. Notice he didn't say, Go into the ark. He said, Come thou. Into the yard. Let's say this afternoon, Mrs. Arthur has prepared a five-course wonderful meal for lunch. Let me add, do not hold your breath for that. 
That's what they make Piccadilly and Mesquite and all the McDonald's for. Say amen. But let's say that Mrs. Arthur had worked and worked and had fried chicken and okra and green beans and macaroni and cheese and homemade cobbler. Listen, if you're going to dream, dream big, Buford. And I say to my staff, hey, let's go to my house. Let's enjoy this meal. Because they know her and they would love to see a gourmet meal prepared by Mrs. Arthur. Wouldn't you love to see that, Brother Shane? Don't call me out, Pastor. Don't. Yes, sir. It would be beautiful. What do you think, Jerry? Amen. Tom, what do you think? Jesus would be coming. And we go up to my house, Brother Don. And we're all on the outside. I'm not going to knock on my own door and say, come in. If I'm on the outside with them, I'm going to open my door and say, let's go in. But let's say I get there early to help her. And to get everything polished and ready. And I'm already on the inside. And they knock the door or ring the doorbell. I'm not going to open it if I'm already inside and say, y'all go in. If I'm already on the inside, what am I going to say? Come in. That means step out of your world and get into mine. God didn't say go in that ark. God said come into the ark. Because God was already on the inside of that ark and he is telling Noah, step out of your world of judgment into my world of peace. And I wonder if there's anybody in this tabernacle this morning, you remember the glad hour, you stepped out of your world of judgment and stepped into God's world of peace and safety. The first invitation. Ladies and gentlemen, from that day forward to the first invitation to what I'm reading to you today, the final invitation from Genesis 7 to Revelation 22, God over and over again faithfully takes the initiative and invites you and I to himself. What do you think Isaiah meant when he cried with a loud voice, Come now! Let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. What do you think Isaiah meant at the end of his prophecy when he said, Come, come with that money, come with that price. Come and draw water out of the wells of salvation. You say, well, Brother Joe, that's Old Testament. I'm a New Testament Christian. I'm glad you brought that up. What do you think Jesus did in the Gospel of Matthew? When he looked out over a maimed and hurting world and said, Come unto me, all you that are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You say, well, I'm really into this dispensation thing and I take all my learning out of the epistles. I'm glad you brought that up. Because in the epistle to the Hebrew believers, it said, let us now therefore come boldly 
under the throne of grace. You say, well, I'm really into the book of the Revelation. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Chapter number four, at the end of the church age and at the end of the apostate age, before the tribulation era begins, Revelation four, a picture of the rapture opens up with, come up hither and I will show thee great and mighty things. I'm glad between the Genesis to Revelation, God not only gave the first invitation, God gave the faithful invitation. But I'm glad in our text today, God gives the final invitation. Think about it this way this morning. God is getting ready to close the book. God is getting ready to end his inspired, sovereign revelation of his plan. God's about to wrap up what you and I are to take to the four corners of the earth and tell everybody about. His love, His mercy, His grace, His plan, His salvation. And by the way, aren't you glad one day somebody told you of God's love and God's mercy and and God's design and God's plan of salvation. But God said one more time, before I close the canon, before I close the book, before I end my revelation, Before you go, tell everybody what I want you to tell them. One more time, I want to say it again from my holy, righteous, sovereign heart. Come. Come. God said, mankind, when I first made you, I invited you to come. And the last thing I've got to say to you, I want to invite you one more time. Come. You realize God is sovereign, holy, righteous, omnipotent, and he'd have still been God, holy, righteous, sovereign, and omnipotent, and let us all die in our sin and go to the devil's hell. But I'm glad his mercy and his love and his grace is so powerful that when God created us, he invited us to come. And the last thing God says to us, one more time, make sure they know, I know them, I love them, I'm interested in them, and I want them to know one more time, here it is, from my heart, come, come, come. Aren't you glad God invites you and I to come to him? I wonder if there's anybody in this room this morning, you've took God up on his invite. Anybody here say yes to God's invite? Three things in this one verse about the final invitation. Number one, I want you to see the invitee. The invitee. Look at who's doing the inviting. Now, I've been invited to things before that I really wasn't interested in because I really wasn't interested in what and who I was being invited to do. I don't go to no more Tupperware parties, no more Avon parties. There's just some things not worth missing a good fishing trip to fool with. I even believe, Brother Jackie, if somebody said, you go to this Tupperware Avon party or play golf, I would backslide enough to play one more round. 
But can I tell you what makes this invitation so special? It's who is doing the inviting. I want you to see the invitee in this text. Who is doing the inviting? Well, notice the first one says, said with me, and the spirit. Say that with me. And the spirit. Say that one more time. And the spirit. You know who is initiating this invite to mankind? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. Let me clarify this. We are a Baptist church. I am a Baptist preacher. But I will never in this world or the world to come deny the work and the power and the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. I want to tell you the Bible said the letter killeth, but the Spirit maketh alive. I'm glad for God the Father in all of his sovereignty, in all of his eternality, in all of his foreknowledge. I'm glad for the Son and his mercy and his grace and his death and burial and resurrection. But I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost that made it real to me, that took me out of darkness and put me in the light and led me to the cross. And Jesus said when the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit has come, he's got one goal in mind. He's going to convict. He's going to woo. He's going to draw. He's going to speak. He's going to arrest. He's going to put on conviction. He's going to let people know that God wants you to come and accept his son. And I wonder if there's anybody on Walt Stevens Road this morning that remembers the day when the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the higher surf of heaven got on your trail. Thank God for the working and the wooing of the Holy Spirit. You say, when does that take place? Are you strapped in your seat belt? Major turbulence ahead. One of them oxygen masks may fall out of the ceiling. Oh, you know when that happens? You know when the Spirit of God starts moving and wooing? Are you ready? Are you buckled up? Every time the name of Jesus is. Son, I've been on that trail mill this week. I'm ready to preach. Every time the name of Jesus is mentioned, it starts. Because Jesus said in the 12th chapter of the gospel of St. John, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. You can't whisper Jesus. You can't shout Jesus. You can't sing Jesus. You can't preach Jesus without the blessed Holy Ghost magnifying him, lifting him up, and drawing sinners unto himself. Thank God for the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit says... Oh, but number two, the bride, the church, the saved, the redeemed, the born again, the Holy Spirit exhorted it, but the bride has experienced it. That wasn't on my outline. That was fresh right there. The Holy Spirit under God 
man, the Holy Spirit of God has brought us into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And now those who have experienced it. All right, let's take a little vote. If you don't want to raise your hand so you won't get embarrassed for whatever you have yourself, but Jesus did say, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. But that's all right if you're willing to take that risk. So we'll just do it maybe with a, with a nod of the head. Does anybody here this morning know that you know your sins are forgiven, your past is erased, and you're heaven bound and hell proof? That means because you've experienced it, You say, come. Honey, you remember that woman at the well came with an empty bucket and left with the river in her soul? And when she met the water of life on the well of sovereign grace, you know what she did on the other side? She said, come see a man. Come see a man. Come see a man. I want to tell you, we ought to say, come. If you're saved and know the Lord and experience salvation, who else could testify? He'll do what he said. He's everything that he claimed to be. He saved my soul. He forgave my soul sin. He satisfied my thirst. I wonder if there's anybody on Walt Stevens Road today. You know you're saved and you know Jesus and you're on your way to heaven. Will you say it? Come, come, come. The invitee. You know who's doing the inviting? The Holy Spirit and the saints of God that have experienced God saving grace, the invitee. Number two, look in the text quickly. I want you to see the invited. Not only see who's doing the inviting, but look who has been invited. Two categories in verse 17, our text. And the bride and the spirit say, come. Notice how the King James words this. And let him that is a thirst. Underscore the little word, a thirst. We don't use old English words like that in our day. We just say, yo man, I want something to drink. But that a thirst means so thirsty, you're about to die of your thirst. Now, if you take somebody that's thirsty... That means a couple of things. They're empty. That means they've got a need that needs to be met. It also means that they're hungry, they're eager, they're searching, trying to find something that'll cure that emptiness and that search and that thirst. And someone that is really thirsty, nothing is going to satisfy them but a good drink of water. Why would the Holy Spirit, in the midst of such an invitation, say, this is who I'm inviting. This is who I'm talking to. Let him that is a thirst, let it's him that is so empty. 
him that is so longing. Him that really knows there's something missing in their life. And they're looking and they're experimenting and they're testing and they're trying everything they do to satisfy that. I don't even think that phrase needs a commentary to cause a reason why this world is living like they're living, acting like they're acting, sinning like they're sinning, doing the things they're doing. It's because sin has let them down. Alcohol has let them down. Sex has let them down. Money's let them down. Religion has let them down. Education has let them down. There is a monster inside of them that's searching and they're looking for peace and joy and satisfaction and acceptance and peace of mind. And they're empty and they're looking and they're thirsty. They're trying this. They're trying that. And they're lost in a world of trying and doing. And God breaks through that and says if you're empty and there's something missing and you're looking for something to satisfy your soul come. 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 Him that is a thirst empty, longing Searching. I'm amazed at what people will try to satisfy themselves. And all they need is a relationship with God through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you, young people today, you can't smoke but so much dope. You can't pop but so many pills. You can't drink but so much liquor. And you'll fry your mind and disease your body and damn your soul. Let me say today, if you're hungry for more and more, more possessions, more toys, more money. I talked to a man the other day. He said, man, I'm not coming to church and you just have to excuse me. I'm working all the overtime I can. I need one more toy. This is the words out of his mouth. I need one more toy. I just need one more toy. I just need one more toy. Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there's only so much dope you can take, so much liquor you can drink, so much money you can spend, so many things you can buy. But when the liquor and the drugs and the sex and the buying and the having and the obtaining is all over and you're still empty and you're still thirsty and you're still long and may I point you to a hill far away where stands an old rugged cross and Jesus saves and satisfies the invited and he that is a thirst if that wasn't enough God said second category of the invited and whosoever Before you shout right there, read the rest of it. Will. You say, Brother Joe, will God save anybody? If they're willing. You know, if a plain old boy like me has got all that figured out, what's wrong with all these smart people? Because there are some things you don't figure out in your head. You figure it out in your heart through the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Yes, he died for every man. He tasted death for every man. He paid the penalty of every man. But the only those that's going to cash in on that are those that are willing. Those that are willing. And if you don't want to go to hell and you want to know God and you're willing to be saved, you are a candidate. 
and whosoever will. Can I ask you the most important question you've ever been asked in your life? Will you? Will you? Anybody here say, raise your right hand? Do you remember when you would not have? Do you remember when you didn't even know you needed to be? Do you remember when it was the last thing from your mind? But here you sat today, and I'm telling you, if you're not enjoying this service and my preaching, you're some of the biggest hypocrites I've ever preached to in my life. Y'all like y'all look like little birds sitting on a little nest and give me one more bite, preacher. Give me one more bite, preacher. And I want to give you a bite. I can't give you the whole load, but I will give you a little bit bite. How many remember when God got you willing and all of a sudden you were willing? You realized you was a sinner and in a moment you drop off into hell and you said, Lord, save me, save me. Aren't you glad it's whosoever will, whosoever will, whosoever will. Are you willing? So I see the invitee. Who's doing the inviting? I see the invited. Who has been invited? The thirsty, the willing. Closing this morning, let's look at the invitation. What is the invitee inviting the invited to do? Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't think there's human responsibility that must be balanced right beside of the sovereignty of God. Read this last line. I see God's sovereignty. I see God's initiative in the Spirit says come. God wanted you before you knew you wanted Him. I'm about to throw my glasses. God wanted you before you ever wanted Him. God knew your need before you knew your need. By the way, anybody here younger, younger, anybody here younger than 2,000 years old? If you're here today and you're younger than 2,000 years old, wave both hands and say, I live to see it. Well, do you realize that day at bloody Calvary when the Son of God died for the sons of men that the sons of men might become the sons of God. He loved you for you knew Him. He died for you for you knew Him. He took your place at Calvary for you ever got on planet earth. Woo! That's the sovereignty of God. Oh, but right beside of it in the same verse is man's responsibility. You can't separate it. Right here it is. I see the sovereignty of God. God taking the initiative. And the spirit and the bride say come. Let him that is a thirst say come. Who's where will let him come. And what does it say? Let him take. God ain't going to chuck it on you. You got to take it. God is not going to force himself on you. He will offer. He will invite. He will woo. He will work. But there comes a time when you must exercise your human responsibility and take what has been offered 
far as I read the word take, it doesn't take an education to take. It doesn't take a lot of talent to take. It doesn't take a lot of ability to take. That's why, Daniel, let me preach to you a little bit. Somebody that's been in an accident, and they're on a breather. They're they're on conscience to you and I. You don't know what's going on in their heart, in their mind, in their spirit between them and God. Because you don't talk to God with your hands and your head and your feet and your physical body. You talk to God through your spirit. Whoop! Through your heart. That's why somebody laying on a bed that's paralyzed from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet that can't lift a finger, that can't twinkle an eye, can't mouth a word, can't even make a sound. Somewhere, my God Almighty, where you can't even hear, can take the hand of God, take the mercy of God, and receive the mercy of God. You don't have to have ability, talent, education, or a dime in your pocket. God said, take, take, take. Take. I wonder if there's anybody ever took God upon it. He took. You say I need a definition of take. You want to say another one? You want to see another one? Whoop out a $20 bill. Put it in front of one of your granddaughters. They're all in the nursery. Why? So they don't wreck Paul Paul's sermon. But you want to see what take is? Come here, Joe Downer. Come here if you can walk in them high heels. You want to see what take is and make sure Tom gets his 20 bucks back. You see that? Some of you, some of you young people need to go YouTube the Jetsons. And you'll see a definition of take. Old George is about to go to work, about to get on his little comet and fly away. And he pulls out his wallet and a dollar. And Mrs. Jetson takes the wallet and leaves George the dollar. Anybody here feel my pain? Weidegger, it don't take a lot of talent to take. It don't take any talent to take. In fact, a matter under God, it don't even take any strength to take. It don't take any strength to take. All you got to do is reach out by faith. Let him come and take. Notice the last part of verse 20, verse 17. The invitation, let him come and take the water. Of life. You see, that's what's wrong with that man that is a thirst. He's looking for life. Oh, before my surgery, I'd have broke out and started singing. I think I'm going to get some YouTube videos and learn how to rap. Charlene, what are you shaking your head for? You don't think I can do that? You want to hear me try? No. So I lower it. I lower it real low keys. Until you've known the loving hand that reaches down to a fallen man. 
and picks him up out of sin. <laughs> Where he hath trod, until you've known just how it feels. <laughs> to know that God is really real. <laughs> hey! Hey! Until you've known the love of God, you've known nothing. How many got a new lease on life? When by faith you laid claim, take, let him take, let him take the water of life. I'm done. And when I thought it couldn't get any better, the Holy Spirit, Rod, nudged me and said, don't forget the last word. And I wept for hours in my hotel room. When God said, don't forget the last word, son. It's 3.30 in the morning and I saw that last word. And all of a sudden the bed became a trampoline. I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, read the last word, boy. Freely. 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 Oh, let me tell the woke snowflake generation something. Claim your free stuff. But somebody before you paid for it. Oh, the invitee. The Holy Spirit says to the invited. Thirsty, whosoever will, come, take. And what I want you to take, my God, somebody help me right here. What I want you to take is free because I've already paid for it. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. You know why you're saved today. You know why you're going to go to heaven someday. Jesus paid for it. There's three things you can do with an invitation. Ignore it. You really can. Ignore it. Number two, flat out say no. And I always mispronounce this word, but you can R R S V P. Respond and say yes. And make reservations. I'll be there when the party starts. I wonder if there's anybody here today you've been ignoring God. You're foolish. I wonder if anybody here today you've been rejecting God. That's even more foolish. But I wonder if there's a few in here this morning. Say it with me one more time. You have RSV. Yeah. You said yes. You've made the reservation. And you will, you will be there. When they crown him king of kings. Lord of lords. Let's stand together.